five, four, three, two. I remember when I was in high school, there was this kid named Kevin Farron, really good friend of mine. That, and Kevin was really big into martial arts stuff. So, and he had a black belt in a couple different disciplines: karate, judo, jujitsu. And I mean, he was kind of the, kind of the whole package. Really nice guy, very quiet. Didn't didn't really ever push the envelope as far as using his skills and i mean he was i mean he was that quiet badass dude and i think that's one of the things that really drew drew to me well i had i was that kid that was always undersized and i wasn't ever really afraid to scrap it's just that i didn't do really well and i had some bullies that were kind of messing with me and so i got with kevin i said dude can you show me some moves so that you know, I can, I can go and take care of business if I need to, right? And he's like, you know, I can show you stuff, but you know, unless we spar and unless we practice and and unless we really give you an opportunity to build that confidence, the same thing's going to happen. You're just going to have more skills to get your ass kicked with, and that's kind of where we, you know, that's kind of how, and, and that's exactly what happened. So it was it was a couple, of, you know, a couple of days later. After you know, Kevin showed me some some cool moves that I decided to stand up to the bullies, and I got my ass handed to me. Hey, my name is Rob, and I am the host of One Dive at a Time. We're not talking about MMA; we're talking about diving. But there's a lesson in that that I'm going to share with you. So, by the way, this is the official podcast of Neptune Warrior, where our mission is healing heroes one dive at a time. In the past couple of weeks, I've had conversations with potential clients who are interested in either getting involved in scuba diving, taking lessons, or enhancing their own skills. Maybe they've already got, you know, uh, an open water certification or they're an advanced diver. They want to move into the master scuba diver program, that kind of stuff. And, you know, most of those conversations are around goals in what they want to do with diving. I'm always cognizant of asking, hey, where do you feel like that you're as a, as a diver? Where do you want to move? What type of diving are you interested in? And even if, it's, even if it's a new diver, what is it that really sparks your interest about diving? You know, what is it that you want to get out of diving? And understanding their history with the water or with diving and what kind of trips that they want to take. Now, one of the things that comes up in a few cases, not many, but in a few cases is cost. And I say few because most divers, whether they're new or they're experienced, when they come to me, a lot of them already know what they want. They know what those specific outcomes are in their diving. And most either through word of mouth or they've been on the website or maybe we've had some other conversations about diving they already know what specific outcomes that they want to get out of diving and they understand how I teach and the type of diver that I'm interested in certifying and coaching and developing. I work with divers who want to improve their skills through the process of a journey. 
and not just getting a certification. If you want a certification, there's, there's lots of other places that you can go for that education or that, or that certification. I mean, you can go to a dive shop. You can spend three or four hours in a pool with an instructor with eight or ten of your closest friends. Then you go out and you knock out four dives, you know, over a weekend. And then, ominous dominus, you're, you're a certified diver. And that's not really what I'm interested in. I've done those. I, I don't like doing those. And every time I do one of those, I wind up regretting it. I teach private lessons. That's, that's what I do. And I provide a coaching and, a, and I provide a journey on, on getting certified. That's just the way that I, that's just the way I do it. I recognize that in doing that, I'm one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive scuba instructor in the Valley. And I'm okay with that. I, I also recognize that I may not connect with every prospect. And, and there's cases where if, if I don't feel like it's a good fit or if that potential client is looking for the cheapest instruction or if they need it done right now, like I got to get certified this weekend. It's, it's not going to work out for either one of us. You know, and, and I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but that's just not the kind of fit that I'm looking for, and that's not the kind of connection I'm looking for with someone who wants to get into diving. There's people that want to do it. They want to do it as a bucket list. Hey, that's great. If you want to go out and get a certification so that you can go to Cozumel, or if you want to get a certification so you can go diving with your husband, wife, girlfriend, whatever, right? That's awesome. If you're, if you're just looking to get into it and you don't really know if this is for you or not, that's fine. There's, there's other avenues out there. And again, I'm not trying to sound arrogant. I'm not trying to con sound conceited. It's just that that is not what I'm into. And I've done this in the past where I've set up rules. I've set up standards. I've set up guidelines. And, it, and if I don't follow those rules, if I violate those rules, I get burned every time, and I always feel, whether it's true or not, that the client walks away feeling robbed. And in most cases, they don't. I, you know, cases where I've done weekend courses or, or cases where I've had eight people or six people in a class, right? I've always gotten really good feedback. I just don't feel like that is where I best teach. So I've had to set up my own rules of dive coaching, dive training, and dive certification. And I want to share those with you. And, and again, this is not a diss on anybody who wants to go take a $150 advanced course. You do three dives on one day, you do two the next, and then you're, you're getting a card for advanced diving. I mean, and if that's what you're doing, that's your path. That's, that's awesome. That's great. I know a lot of dive instructors who do that. I know a lot of dive shops that do that. And that works for them. It doesn't work for me. And I recognize that the path that I put people on, it takes them longer to get advanced or rescue or open water or master scuba diver. I'm interested in people who are into the journey. And I feel like I make a much better diver because we're both engaged in doing that. So here's what my rules of dive coaching and dive training. Number one, I don't discount. I just don't. I mean, for what it 
you know, for what I have to put into it and for what it costs me for lane rentals or equipment or anything else, I don't discount. Now, what I, do, what I will do, I'll do sweat equity. I'll absolutely do sweat equity. You put something towards my organization. You know, you come out and you help out with putting up a pool. Or you, you know, you help Neptune Warrior putting in a, uh, you know, a, a fire pit area. And you come out and you move gravel around. You help, out my, you help out my organization. Yeah, I will work with you on that. I've got divers who, who, who put in sweat equity with things I need on, on the personal side. So when I'm running this as my personal business, right? I'm doing dive training as my personal business. I'm doing dive coaching as my personal business. Come in, help me lay out some carpeting. Help me put in, put in some flooring, whatever, right? Sweat equity, yes. Help me work on my vehicle. That keeps me diving, right? I will trade, uh, you know. I, I will trade for services. I will. I will do sweat equity. Absolutely. I've got a couple of divers who have come to me and said, "Hey, I want you to coach me on diving, but I want to do it in Cozumel. I want to do it in Curacao. I want to do it in Bonaire. Pay for my trip. Yes, I will coach you for that because it's given me an opportunity to go do something that I would not normally." do on my own and it gives me a chance to connect with that diver in a in an environment that's not lucky peak or quinn's pond so while i don't discount yes sweat equity absolutely trade for services yes take me on a trip absolutely but ask me to do a discount so i can be at a competitor that's a hard no ask me to break out my pricing structure absolutely not Break up the difference between services and equipment. Won't do it. You, you come to me and say, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to do an open water, but I've got my own gear. I don't do it. That's just not the model that, that, I, that I use. Because there's certain pieces of equipment that I want to teach you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you into that gear. I'm just not, I'm, I don't break up equipment and services. It's just not, and I'm not going to sell you equipment and you not want the service. I had somebody come to me a while back that wanted a backplate. So I've got a great hookup with a dive shop that takes care of me on getting backplates. They believe in what I'm doing, both on the personal side as well as the organizational side. And so that shop provides me with the things I need in order to teach that class. I don't sell backplates separately. It comes with a class. So, you know, th those are the those are the type of things that I believe in. I don't justify my prices. I don't feel like I have to justify my prices. The, the price is what the price is. I've been a solid instructor since 1998. I've been recognized by now as a top 25 contributor to the industry. I'm a certified and registered life, business, and financial coach, which all plays into diving. I, I provide coaching for a Fortune 400 company. 
I speak on international platforms and I've written and been featured. I've been written about and I've been featured in national publications. I've written for national publications. I'm called in for consultation on public safety diving missions. I provide equipment as part of a lesson that the student gets to keep at the end of the lessons. I don't charge additional coaching fees. And, I, and beyond expenses, I don't charge for fees for travel. These aren't justifications. I'm just telling you what you get. Rule number three, I don't do weekend zero to hero classes. I've done those before, and every time I do one, I regret it. It absolutely fillets me to meet somebody on a Saturday morning, run them through a class, do some pool time, and then take them out to the pool. I don't feel like it's, I mean, I, I don't feel like it's a value add and I don't think that we're doing the lifestyle or the discipline of scuba any favors. In fact, I think we I think I think it's a disservice to scuba diving to bring somebody in on a Saturday morning, put them through a couple of hours of pool session, go out to the lake let him die that afternoon, come back on Sunday morning for more, more pool time, then take him back out to the lake on Sunday afternoon. And then at the end of that, they're certified. Now, have I had private students that can do that? Absolutely. I've had private students that maybe they've had some unauthorized scuba instruction. Maybe they have had a background as a Coast Guard swimmer. Maybe they've been on swim teams and have done lots of snorkeling. And they are just, I mean, for, for, for that one-on-one, -on -one, that private works out great but to set that up as a curriculum as your plan of instruction that's not what I want to do so I don't do the weekend zero to hero classes and again I've done them in the past in fact I did one this last year and I hated the fact I did it it goes back to that what I was talking about you know the getting bullied you know getting bullied at school asking a friend who's got some martial arts skills hey show me some moves and then not having that ability to practice, apply, gain confidence, building up that repetition, having some small victories, and then getting your butt kicked. I think we do the same thing to divers. Again, as a plan of instruction, if you say, hey, a weekend, we're going to do a weekend course. We're going to pick up our gear on Friday night or Saturday morning. We're going to go do some pool time. Then we're going out to the lake. Then we're going to come back the next day, do some more pool time, go back out to the lake. I don't think you build a competent or a confident diver. And I think it's a disservice to the dive industry. We are teaching a life support skill. Any diver I train and any diver I certify, the day that I give them their certification card, I'm telling them not only are you a certified diver, but I also trust you to go dive with my daughter, with my girlfriend, with any diver in my organization. 
And I don't think a weekend course, while it may provide the skills, while it may provide the knowledge, I don't think it really delivers that confidence that someone has to go diving. And just every time I teach one of those mind dumps, I walk away regretting it. And even though the diver may not feel that they were cheated, I don't think it's a great return on investment. And I know it doesn't do anything for me as far as feeling like I brought that person into the lifestyle. Now, I've been surprised. I've had a, you know, a lot of the courses that I've taught like that, I've had people come back to me later on. But I always feel like it's not a great return on the investment. What's worse is <laughs> when I do courses like that, I'll do like a weekend course, but they're, it, they're not going to do their checkout dive with me. So like I'll do a Saturday in the pool, Sunday in the pool, and then I send them off to Roatan or Bonaire or Cozumel or any other tropical, Hawaii, any other tropical destination, and I'm going to put them in the hands of the other instructor. And while they may have a great time, I don't feel like I'm giving that instructor halfway around the world the best student I possibly could. I just don't do it. Which brings me to number four. I build divers, not people who are just certified to dive. I teach private only. There are a few cases where I have to step outside of that doing a favor for a couple of, you know, a couple of dive shops that, that I work with. They get into a bind. They need an instructor. I'll come in. But for me, in my private practice, I teach private only. I want my divers to be part of, of a lifestyle. I want them to find adventure. I want them to find peace. I want them to find joy. I want them to experience this incredible journey that we have. I want them to be hungry to go explore new things. I want them to look at that master scuba diver list or that badass diver list that we've put together and go, wow, I can attain that. And as a matter of fact, as an open water diver, they've already started on that journey if they go through a private class with me. And especially once they get to advance, because in advance they start making stuff and having to read books and, and having to, to present back material that they've read. They've already started on that badass diver journey. I want people to be part of the lifestyle. And it's beyond wearing a cool dive shirt or throwing dive stickers on your truck. There are people who are divers, and then there are people who are certified to dive. I want to build divers. Which leads into the other part of number five. Private classes are where I best connect divers to diving. All of us. I don't care if it's geometry if it's learning how to work on a vehicle, if it's diving, if it's skiing, everyone learns at their own pace. No matter how that course is structured, we all learn at our different pace. Every diver is going to progress at their own pace in all of my sessions. I've got divers. So I'll use, I'll use Jason, Deputy Jason, who this last summer in the open water pool sessions that we had scheduled for him, it was pretty evident that he had confidence and competence in water skills. 
In his open water pool sessions, we started doing things that I don't normally teach until rescue and advance. Just because we had rented the pool time, he was like light years ahead. I already had the pool time rented and paid for. He's already mastered all of his other skills. We're just waiting for time to go out to the lake. So since I've got that pool time rented, hey, let's show you some other stuff that we know that you're going to need anyway. I've got other divers that have had to put in 15 to 20 hours of pool time. Which, by the way, that is twice or in some cases three times as much pool time as what it takes a lot of other divers. Most shops, you get about four, five, maybe six hours. I always try to have a minimum of 10, even if it's a private, before we go out to the lake. I, I feel like that there is a lot of value in pool time in building confidence as well as competence before you ever go out to the lake or the ocean. Plus, it builds up that opportunity to connect. When the focus is on the individual diver, it gives them that opportunity to fully develop each critical skill without that pressure to either move forward before they're ready to go or they have to wait around for somebody else in the class who's just not picking it up. It also gives me that chance to do immediate feedback. So I've taught this, I've taught this model in previous podcasts and previous postings. But the model I use, and I, and I always remember the moniker, people often interrupt people, so stop flapping. It's just the way I remember it. But what it, what it, how it breaks down is, and again, you can look at previous postings and previous podcasts, but the P is purpose. Here's why I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about your frog kick. I want to talk to you about your giant stride. I want to talk to you about the way you set up your regulator and BC on the opposite side of the tank and the regulators are on the left-hand side. What is it that I've observed? I've observed that, you know, your, your helicopter kick, uh, you know, you keep crashing into, the, into the, the bottom of the pool when you're practicing your helicopter kick. Your legs are not extending the way they should. The impact. I is for impact. And then the next P is for pause. Again, you can look at previous podcasts or listen to previous podcasts that talks about that model. But I use that model to provide instant feedback to every diver, even when, even like with my advanced divers. So I've got advanced divers that I'm working through right now. Part of that course is not just in the pool and not just out at the lake. I know that might be confusing because most advanced classes mean that you go out on a Saturday, you knock out three dives get up Sunday, knock out two dives. If you're lucky, maybe maybe your instructor does a capstone. So you, you might get six dives out of it, right? My advanced divers go through pool time. We go, we do training out the lake. We also do weekly or bi-weekly coaching because I have my divers read a couple of different books. They might read Blue Mine by Wallace J. Nichols. They might read something on, uh, you know, they, they, might, they might do something like Shadow Divers. They might read Scuba Confidential 
because I want, again, it's that journey. It's immersing them in the dive culture and the dive lifestyle. So we meet up weekly or biweekly, depending on the student. Talk about what it was that they read. As they go through their academics, they'll get an academic assignment. Read up on navigation. We'll talk about it on Tuesday. And then we'll go out to the lake on Saturday, and we'll do a couple of dives around navigation. Yeah, we're not doing a ton of dives on, on Saturday. We might do one or two, and they might be focused all on navigation. Also in those pool sessions, those one-on-one -on -one sessions, the diver gets to focus on technique. And whether we're using games like the buoyancy tree or we're micro-focusing on a skill like helicopter turns, personal attention in private lessons allows divers to refine more detailed areas of their diving that they necessarily would not get in a group. You, t you take a group and you do rescue skills, right? Doing a rescue diver course. Now, in all honesty, with my rescue diver courses, I do like to combine a couple of my students that normally I do private lessons for and bring two or three of them together because then they can, at this point in their diving career, they can provide feedback. But I still do the private component of it. But sometimes I'll get them working with, with each other. But if you take a diver, say like in advance or even in open water, they get to focus on the technique. We use buoyancy games or we'll do micro-focusing on a skill, you know, things like helicopter turns or maybe ditch and dawn. And they wouldn't necessarily get that in a group environment. And by doing that, you allow the opportunity for each skill to build upon the previous skill, whether they're related or not. It allows you an opportunity to establish good techniques from the very beginning. And then, after that, it's, a mo it's, it's just opportunities to refine it. So I had, I had a mother and son this last year, and we had to work on a couple of different, uh, different skills with them. And we worked a lot in the pool. We did a lot of pool exercises. And we did them in my little pool, not the big pool at the Y. We did them in my little three-and-a-half-foot pool here at the house where it gave them an opportunity to refine those skills. And I got to tell you, when we went out to open water, these are advanced students that had already been on other trips. They, they'd already taken trips with, with a dive shop. They had taken some trips on their own. So it's not like they're new divers, but when they decided to take their advance, we did, we reeled it back, we dialed it back, and, and we gave them, or I gave them an opportunity to refine those skills. And then the other thing, you guys know from previous podcasts, I'm big into this, is it gave them opportunities to relax and chill and become mindful. Because both these individuals we're facing a lot of adversities in life. And I still am a hardcore believer that water, and specifically scuba diving, is an avenue for healing. And so part of that advanced course was giving them opportunities to heal and then do some reflection time. So I'm not getting paid to be just a dive instructor. I'm doing dive coaching. And part of that dive coaching is taking what happens underwater and applying that to what happens in everyday life above the surface.
you don't get that in a group setting where the skill is to go clear a mask, then clear a regulator, and then gain some buoyancy skills, and then we're off to the water. The most important thing is for a potential diver to find their way into diving. They, if, if all they want to do is get certified and borrow gear, hey, that's their choice. It's not my place to judge. My desire is for anyone who wants to get into diving, that they find an avenue, find some way to get in the water and get underwater with good instruction. If it's only a bucket list item, then you know a shop gives good instruction. Find a good instructor. Don't care about the organization. Find a good instructor. I don't care if it's Patty, Nowy, SEI, SSI, PDIC, whoever it is. Find an instructor that is a reputable instructor. Ask around. People know who good dive instructors are. And that's whether you're an open water diver just starting out or if you're doing your master, or if you want to go and get dive master or instructor training. But for those new divers, if anyone wants to find an avenue in, and it's that bucket list item, then again, a shop with a good instructor and rental gear is available. But if someone's more interested in the journey, they want the appropriate gear and their level of diving, and is wanting to dive as a lifestyle, wants to be part of that community, then let's talk. And I almost forgot, as long as you've got air, you're all right.